Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. You know, my introduction and my declaration, it, is, it really is all about Jesus, that we could not do what we do without him that he is the foundation, that he is the cornerstone, that he is the one who has established the church, that the church is God's idea. It wasn't our idea, it wasn't someone else's idea, you know, thousands of years ago, but the church is God's idea, that believers could come together in corporate worship to exalt him, to encourage one another, to be a shining light and to be a city on a hill. You know, that's what God has called us to, that the church would be a beacon of hope, that it would be a lighthouse shining to the lost ships that are sailing in the night, that the church would be the lighthouse sending out light, saying, here is a safe harbour. Here is a place where you can come and dock. Here is a place where you can anchor. Here is a place where you can rest safely. And that's what we should be, an inviting place that allows those who are seeking a safe harbour to come and rest in God's presence, to come and find a safe place from the battering of the winds and the waves of life. And that is what we are called to be here at C3 New Home. And it's not a coincidence that this is our vision. This is definitely what we are called to as a church, that we would follow Jesus that we would become like him and that we would do what he did, that we would use his example, that we model our church and our lifestyle off his word. Now, it's all about him. And Jesus demonstrates lots of ways in the ways that he loves the church. But I want to speak about three specific areas this morning of what Jesus has done for his church. You know, Jesus died for it. Jesus is building it and Jesus is coming back for it. And it's all centred around these three things and we are who we are and we function as a church because of these things. And the first thing that Jesus died for it, and this is the gospel that we will always proclaim here at C3 New Hope, that God had a plan for humanity and that his name was Jesus that he knew we could not function in our life, in our Christianity, in our simple humanity without him. After the fall of creation, he knew that sin would interrupt time and time and time again, that we would need a place to come, that we would need a way to be forgiven, that we would need a way for our entire lives to be transformed And that in and of ourselves, we couldn't do it. And our church believes that when Jesus died upon the cross, he did that for all of humanity, for individuals, but he did it for his bride, his church. The thing that he would uh, establish after his death through the New Testament, the thing that he would love, the thing that he would be so committed to that he would give up his life for. You know, this is a great, commitment. You know, have you ever, this is my story about commitment, have you ever joined a gym and then never turned up? Anyone else? Or you've turned up for the first few months and you're like, oh, can't be bothered today, not going today, it's rest day, got to 
rest my weary legs. And then leg day, rest day turns into rest month. And you still see the payments come out and you're like, oh, that's difficult. It's difficult to see the payments come out and know that you're not rocking up and you haven't been committed to it. And some of you are amazing and you're going every day and every week and you're making the most of your money. I'm certainly not. I've got the toggle on my keys, but it's not doing a whole lot because I haven't activated it. And that's the commitment level. And thank goodness that Jesus has a greater commitment level to you and to I. And his plan has not changed. There is no plan B, C, D, Z. There is one plan, plan A, and his name is Jesus. And his sacrifice made a way for all of us to be in relationship with him. In Ephesians 5, 25 to 26, it says this. And this is going off the back of how husbands and wives should interact. And to the husbands, you are to demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride, the church. For he died for us, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. You know, each week as we gather corporately, we are cleansed together As you hear the word declared, our lives and our hearts and our minds are cleansed again, washed pure. You know, our church has an opportunity to be made pure. And again, of ourselves, we're not because we're made up, like Dan said, the church is not this building. Although this building holds sacred memories and anointings and times. But it's you and I, we are the church And God has made a way for us to receive cleansing, to receive healing, to receive a time where we can be encouraged and inspired and empowered to live our Christian life. And that's all been made a way through the sacrifice of the cross. So as you come to church, as you come to your Sunday spiritual home, may it be a time where you remember the sacrifice of the cross, of the gospel we declared that we were once broken and lost and searching, but Jesus came to save us as individuals, but corporately as his bride. And this is the message that we need to declare, that Jesus died for our church. The second thing we need to declare is that Jesus is building it. You know, I'm so grateful that as the lead pastor, that it's not actually on the shoulders of us, of Dan and I, that although we are partnering with him, that this church belongs to him. It's not my church. It's not Dan's church. This is the Lord's church that he died for, that he established and that he alone is building. You know, he is the master architect. He's the one who's designing it. It's our job to partner with him as apprentices, to put on the high-vis jacket, to pick up the shovel, to say, I'll do whatever you need me to do, Lord, but I come under you as the master builder. What do you want me to do? Is this the brick you want me to lay? Is this the stuff that goes inside the bricks that you want me to, the mortar that you want me to smear on? What is it? Is this the gravel that you want me to shovel? Is this the rubbish you want me to take out? Whatever you would have me to do, because I want to be involved. And thank goodness that he involves us. He didn't need to. He's perfectly capable on his own of doing the most marvellous job. And who knows that you and I actually sometimes get in the way of the job that he's doing. 
And that's the same when you have an apprentice on the job. They're not always, especially on their first, you know, as they first come to learn the trade, they're not the best. But that's where it all starts. That's where they learn and grow and develop and become competent and confident. And that's the same with you and I. As we come into our home, as we come into our church, when we say, Lord, I'm available. I'm not the best. I'm not the greatest. I'm not the most skilled, but I'm here to serve you and to serve your house. You know, the ultimate scripture, Matthew 16, 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now I love it. When he says that he will do something, he is a promise keeping God. It's not I might build it. If I've got time for it, I might consider it. No, I will build my church. And I love it and I just want to encourage us as a church, if you call this place your home, to spend time in the week praying for our church, praying to the master builder saying, Lord, thank you that you are building your house and declare that in Jesus' name there is nothing that can conquer it. There is nothing that is overpowering it. There is nothing that will take down his church because the master builder is faithfully, continually at work. And you might think, my goodness, we live in a generation. Australia is no longer a Christian-based society, but the church will not be defeated and it will not go down and it will not be conquered because He has promised that He will build it. And He has promised that the gates or the powers of hell will never overcome it. And we believe that. And we believe in His plan. We believe in His plan for the church that you and I need each other, that you and I were born to be in relationship with one another, that we were created to worship him in our private lives, but also in our corporate setting. And this is what we want our home to be, a place of worship where we can come and adore him. You know, I love seeing people at the front. I can't see a thing. I'm too short. I don't know what is happening up there. But I'm all for, I'm just seeing hair. That's all I'm seeing. And it was funny this week, I won't say who it was, but they had, you guys, I didn't even know, you guys wouldn't even know. Dan had a pastor's thing here at the church and he's felt very strongly to work with the local pastors of our region just to bring a spirit of unity. Um, So lots of different dominations. Um, We're not interested in a denomination, we're interested in Let's be Bible-believing Christians moving forward together to advance his kingdom. So he had a, a thing here on Wednesday. I went to the dentist. So he brought Ollie here and they just kind of hung out with some pastors and did a thing here. So I came to the church. Not th- I was just going to, you know, beep the horn, bring the kid out, you know. I wasn't prepared in my jeans and my hoodie to meet all the local pastors. But anyway, I came in and I met this lady who belongs to another local church and she's had it on her heart to do the same thing. And it was just so odd. So I don't forgotten while I'm telling you this story, but anyway, so as I come in, she, the first thing she says is like, wow, there's a real height discrepancy between you two, isn't there? I was like, what? A, but then I did notice on that video, I was like, she was not wrong. And obviously... <laughs> We've known that. There's a whole foot difference between us. It not, was not a surprise to us. Um, and I don't know why I told you that story. That's not on my, my notes here to tell you that. 
But anyway, whatever, we're moving forward. And Oh, I was talking about the worship here, about the height. Yes, that's it. So I can't see a thing. And it's, that actually doesn't bother me. I don't care. Even when Ivy brings her little troop up here on a Sunday morning, I don't care that I've sh- I'm shoved to the second row or the third row. I care that people's hearts are engaged in worshipping him, that our hearts would be captivated again and afresh with a love for him, with a heart for him, because he is so worthy of all of our praise. And I, I just pray and I hope that if our church was to be marked by anything, it'd be marked by people who love him who are dedicated to him, who are willing to work with him to build the kingdom and advance it because they've just become so captivated with the thought of his goodness. So Jesus died for it. Jesus is building it. My pages are stuck together. There we go. Remember back in primary school, I try not to do this. They used to always lick the pages like, ew, I don't want your spitty page sitting on my desk with your coffee breath. So I try not to do that at school because it is pretty gross. And the last thing this morning is Jesus is coming back for it. You know, we have, we're going to do this series. Dan's done a little taste test for us a few weeks ago. And then kicking off next week, we're coming back into the series. But Jesus is coming back for it. We weren't designed to have this as our permanent residency. You know, this is our spiritual home You have a physical home, but there is a home that you don't see that is actually more real than the homes that you do see. And Jesus came to rescue us that one day we would go and be reunited with the Father where our true home exists. In John 14, 1 to 6, it says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. This is Jesus speaking. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If, there was no, if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this morning I want to tell you that that your Father's home has enough room for us all. Now, I don't know if I've told this story, but when we were overseas recently, Dan booked us a tour to go to the Vatican. And my sister was on the trip with us and Ivy as well, and they had no interest in the Vatican. So they went and did a tour. And so we went, and I didn't really want, I thought it'd be really interesting to see it. I did not know how long or boring the tour would be. Um, So it's like Museum Central. That's not for me. If it's for you, you go for it and you book it in. Um, And I was getting, I was actually getting so overwhelmed by how long it was and how busy it was. And again, at five foot two, it's like there's no air down there when there's hundreds of people crammed in. Dan was like living his best life, but he couldn't breathe his air up there. There's not air down where I am. And it was so crushing and overwhelming. It was like, oh, I just want to get out of here. There's not enough room for all of us. And, you know, they're like, show me the money, cram as much people in there as possible. Like, I don't think this is safe. If there's a fire, none of us are getting out of these narrow 
corridors with all these little artefacts. But in your Father's house, there is more than enough room. And as a church, we want to make sure that our doors are open wide. If people need to come, there is more than enough room, not only in physical space, but there should be room in yours and my heart to welcome in our community members, to say, here is your safe harbour. There's room for you. You need my seat, you take my seat. You want to sit up there? You sit up there, but there is more than enough room for you. And equally, there is more than enough room in your father's house. And he is preparing a place. And at the right time, which you and I don't know, that heaven has the secret of. But in time, he will come back, this triumphant king, returning on his white horse to come and get the bride that he died for, the one that he died for to make holy and pure and righteous and cleansed of all of our sins. He has made a way that you and I can one day live eternally in paradise with him, never having to be separated from him. But the only way to do that is to accept that he is the way the truth and the life. And even this morning as I get Matt to join us here on stage, I want to offer every single person in this room an opportunity to acknowledge that he is the way, the truth and the life. That nobody can access relationship with God without first coming through the door that is Jesus. And the Bible says that he stands knocking on the door You know, at the moment, Oliver's obsessed with going in Ivy's room and she is obsessed with keeping him out. She's very, you know, she's got her drawings and her things. She's 10. She doesn't want his little sticky fingers all out and on. So he stands knocking and she locks the door. And typically, Sunday mornings are the worst, you know, when you're trying to come and be holy And you're screaming at everyone to stop making so much noise. But God doesn't lock the door. And as He stands and knocks, I want to encourage us to not lock the door of our heart, but to unlock it, to take the risk, the bold step of opening the door and letting Him in. Because maybe unlike other people that you've led in your own life who have hurt you, who have disappointed you, who have let you down, Jesus who stands knocking only wants to bring you peace and hope and freedom and joy and connection with other people. He wants to heal you from the inside out. You know, we declare Him as a Saviour because He saves us from our sin, which actually locks us up. But He wants to unlock that. And there's lots of us who have the immense privilege of calling this place home, who have done that at some point of our life and who know the incredible joy of walking with Him. It's not the perfect life, You will still have ups and downs. There'll still be hard days. The Christian life isn't easy. And I can testify to that. But I can also testify to the fact that it might not be easy. 
but it is the greatest thing that you could ever do. The greatest relationship that you could ever enter into is the relationship with Jesus, of acknowledging that He is the way. There's lots of ways out there, but that He is the only way that leads to salvation. There are many truths out there, but there's only one truth that's found in Jesus. There is lots of lives that you could live, lots of them, but the best one that you could ever live is one lived with Him. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Thank you.